Let's join our hearts together for prayer. Steadfastness. That's what we pray for this morning, God. Steadfastness. That nothing would shake our faith or confidence in the great gift of Jesus who's come to be our Savior. Steadfastness. Neither the the great things of life nor the difficult things of life. uh, Let neither of them pull us away from You. Guide us to be steadfast. Trusting in all that You have given to us both for time and for all eternity. Father, we pray in, in the name of Jesus who shows to us Your steadfast grace and mercy. Amen. Well, it's a great time of the year. Uh, it's getting close to Christmas time. Uh, snow is on the ground. Trees are lit up. Cookies are being baked. It's a, a great time of the year. Parties are happening. And yet the fact of the matter is that not, not all is gold and glitter. This is a great time of the year, but it's not necessarily the easiest time of the year. We have such high expectations about the holidays, uh, presents and family and get-togethers, and we have such high expectations that often the reality doesn't measure up and we become disappointed, disillusioned. It's not all gold and glitter at this time of year. If you have problems in life generally, especially this time of the year, they'll come forward. If you've got money troubles, There's no worse time of the year than this time of the year. If you've got family troubles, conflicts, separation, there's no time of the year worse than than this time of the year. We want to think today about being steadfast in the Christian faith regardless of what we experience. I want to start with this. I I want you to see if you can figure out what all these people have in common. Let me show you a list of people. Uh, Ezra Pound is a literary figure. Joseph Smith started the Mormons. William Addis, we'll come back to him. St. Thomas More, Martin Luther King, Tim Allen, Martha Stewart, you might catch it now, Indira Gandhi, Adolf Hitler, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You know what they all have in common? They all went to prison. They were all in jail for a time. Uh, William Addis, by the way, you know what he did when he was in jail? What he invented, of all things, you can look this up, he invented the toothbrush. How's that for for finding something worthwhile to do while in in prison? How about you? That's the question today. Where are you imprisoned? Where is your point of confinement? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel trapped in a marriage? Do you feel trapped outside of a marriage? Maybe you want to be married and you're not married and you feel trapped. Uh, How about in health? I visited people through the years, and as their, as their body deteriorates and they can't do what they once did, I talk to them, and they feel trapped. They say, that thing that was me is still inside, but, but I'm trapped. I can't do what I, wanted, what I want to do. How about finances? I mean, you, you could do this list yourself. Where, where are you trapped? Finances. I say, man, it, it is a mess, and I don't know what to do. How about job? 
Do you feel trapped in a job that's going nowhere and taking forever to get there? School? Oh, I'm trapped in this class. I'm trapped in this program. You know, when we're trapped, when we're imprisoned, sometimes we're rightly trapped. I mean, if you spend more money than you have, and if you buy things that you can't afford, you're going to be trapped financially, and that's kind of, you know, that, that's how it goes. If you do the crime, you've got to pay the time. But there are times also that you are wrongly trapped. Say, yeah, I was minding my own business. I was doing what I needed to do. I've known people that have taken care of their health. They've eaten the right things. They've exercised. And yet something comes up physically that, that it all goes, goes south. They become trapped. In our gospel lesson this morning, we find John the Baptist wrongly trapped. Uh, John had been uh, standing up for righteousness' sake. Uh, this is from Matthew chapter 14. It says, John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. Here's what was going on. Uh, we follow the liturgical church here, and so we get kind of the calendar out of sorts. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate Christmas. We'll hear about Herod the Great. And Herod the Great was the, the king at the time of the birth of Jesus who killed the babies in Bethlehem. Today, as we find John the Baptist imprisoned, it's not by Herod the Great, but by his son, Herod Antipas. And what had happened, this is, you know, 30 years after the birth of Jesus, uh, what had happened was that, that Herod Antipas had married his brother Philip's wife Herodias, and that's forbidden, of course, and John said something about it. John stood up and said, it's not lawful for you to have her. And so Herod Antipas put John in prison. He was in, in, a, in the fortress Machairus. This is on the northeast shore of the Dead Sea. And you know what happens to John? John gets beheaded. He'd taken a stand for righteousness. He was wrongly imprisoned. And there was that drunken birthday party, and that, that young lady, Herodias' daughter, Salome or Salome, I hear it both ways, danced and pleased Herod, and Herod gave her a promise, whatever you want up to half of the kingdom I'll give to you. And she said, I want the head of John the Baptist. Well, that's where we find John the Baptist this morning. We find him wrongly imprisoned. It's a different place from where we saw him last week. If you were here in worship last week, Sunday, we saw John the Baptist at the beginning of his ministry announcing Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, this is from, uh, we see him earlier at a point of confidence. And, and last week, you know, he was bold, he was strong. Uh, it says in John chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. We saw John bold last week proclaiming, Look at this is the one. I saw the Holy Spirit come down on him. This morning we find John at a different place. He's not at a point of confidence. He's at a point of imprisonment. And he's hurting. In this point of imprisonment, now he sends a group, a delegation to Jesus. This is from Matthew chapter 11. And he says, are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? Now the commentators try and explain John's problem away. They say, well, John wasn't really doubting. John didn't have questions. He's John the Baptist. Jesus said there's nobody greater that's ever been born than John the Baptist. How could he have any problems? I don't know why we do that to people in the Bible. 
we elevate them higher than they really ought to be. Uh, because all of the people in the Bible are like you and me, poor, miserable sinners in need of a Savior. So whether it's King David, whether it's Mary, whether it's the Apostle Paul, or whether it's John the Baptist, we shouldn't be surprised that there are times that they get it wrong. And this is a time that John had it wrong, or at least he was struggling, and he wondered, are you really the one? Don't you wonder at times when you feel trapped, when you feel imprisoned, and you just can't get out of the situation? Where, where are you? I thought you were supposed to be God. I thought you were supposed to be my Savior. If you're my Savior, why am I in the spot that I am? During the Advent season, we've been looking at different kinds of lights. And uh, here's the light I have for you today. I don't know if you can really see. kind of looks like something from Star Trek, doesn't it? Going along like this. Here's the light. Can you see the light? Kind of looks like. Actually, you can open it up. Do you know what it is? It's, it's a magnifying lit reading glass. So if you have trouble seeing, you can use something like this, and, and between the light and the magnification, you can be clearer about what the Word is. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus gives to John the Baptist today. He answers his concerns. He answers his doubt by saying, John, let's take a little closer look. And he turns John to the Word, and he turns John to the fulfillment of his works as the Messiah. Uh, Jesus was encouraging John, and he encourages you and me to search the Scriptures in our point of imprisonment, in our point of pain. Here's what it says. It says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus was saying to John, in the midst of his questions, he said, let's go search the Scriptures. And as we search the Scriptures, there are two things that we see about Jesus. And the first is that Jesus did more than was expected. He rattled off that list to John. He said, well, go tell John what you see. Uh, blind see, lame walk, deaf hear. Lepers are cleansed. The dead get raised up. Here's what's interesting about that. Jesus was referring to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 is a passage that John would have known. Let me read you a section from Isaiah chapter 35. We'll zero in on it. He says, Say to those who have an anxious heart, this is from Isaiah, John had an anxious heart, Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with a recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. Something's missing there. It doesn't say anything about the lepers being cleansed. It doesn't say anything about the dead being raised. Jesus 
did more than what was expected. And, and Jesus was trying to comfort and encourage John, uh, don't worry about whether or not I'm the guy. Not only am I the guy doing the things that ought to be done, I'm doing even more. I want you to make sure that in the midst of your trappedness, in the midst of your imprisonment, that you look to Jesus and know that He can do abundantly more than all you can ask or imagine. He fulfills all of the Scripture, but even more so, showers upon us life, salvation, and every good thing. There's another thing, though, that we see as we search the Scriptures with Jesus. He, he had gone on to say, And the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now he's referring to Isaiah chapter 61. Now again, John would have known Isaiah. He would have known about Isaiah 61. And as Jesus refers to Isaiah 61, the second thing we see is that Jesus did less than what was wanted. Here's Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Opening up the prison to those who are bound. That didn't happen for John. That wasn't going to happen for John. Indeed, the good news was being preached, but it wasn't all working out according to John's time and John's will. Indeed, the day of vengeance came when God the Father poured out His wrath upon Jesus there on the cross for the sin of the world. Indeed, the prison has been opened up. Death has now been swallowed up in victory. But not all at once and not all like John wanted it. But in the end, God was faithful. It is important for you to know in the midst of your own imprisonment, in the midst of wherever it is that you are trapped, it still might not work out just the way that you want it to. But don't give up. Don't give in. That's what Jesus said. He said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The word for offended there comes into English is scandalized. Same word, scandalized. A scandalon is like a stumbling block, something that trips you up and pulls you away. And what Jesus was saying to John, almost in a wink-wink sort of way, he would say to us, don't let those prison bars fool you. I am the Messiah. And I have come to save and to rescue you. And you will be with me in glory. Remain steadfast. Are you trapped for Christmas? Do what John did. Go to Jesus. You know, that, that's really an element of his faith. He didn't have it all figured out, but he knew Jesus had the answer. If you're trapped for Christmas, make sure you go to Jesus. Uh, second, examine the Word. Don't let your trouble, your problem pull you away from the Word. This is where the answers are. This is where the hope is. Examine the Word and then compare it to the works of, of Jesus. And consider not what Jesus hasn't done for you, but all the things that He has done for you and all the things that He has accomplished, especially that He has indeed been raised from the dead and lives to reign for all eternity. And in it all, to trust Jesus for freedom. 
in the midst of the bars, if they remain, in the midst of the struggles, if they continue. Remember, we celebrate not just a baby born in the past at Christmas time. We celebrate a baby who had a past. All of those prophecies, all of those promises. We celebrate a baby who had a past and because of whom we have a future. Like it says in John chapter 8, as we think about freedom today, and if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed.